Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Uh, this week we have a very unusual RPG to review, apparently comprised of two co-equal and absolutely essential to read books, both of which are huge. Uh, so we've decided on an interesting experiment, which I'll discuss on the other side of the break. It's Eorus Essence, and that's about as far as I can get into my understanding of it. It's System Mastery. Okay, that's just about enough break music. We are starting. It's me, Jeff, joined as always by John. Ooh, it's me. John, it's him. It's me, John. It's it's the John. It's TV's John. It's TV's John. From that time you were on TV that one time. Hey, I was I've been in the background of TV. I was in the audience on an episode of Roundhouse of Nickelodeon fame. Uh, yeah, and I believe you were also in the audience of an episode of some kind of can you guess the lyrics country music uh, Indeed. Uh, thing. Also where, that. Where I was literally fighting to try and get out of there. Hey, they paid us. Yeah, they did. They paid us like $60. Uh, so that was so we're big Hollywood celebrities. That's us. Hey, I was on the local news once describing how to play 40K. That is true. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we are going to be doing Eorus Essence, John. Are you ready? I'm... I don't think... You can be ready for Eorus Essence. Oh, man, so someone sent us this one a while ago. If the name sounds familiar, it's not an especially old game. This printing that we have is from 2013. Uh, it is extremely expensive. But also well known for the character pretty sheet. much one thing. Yeah. yeah, the character sheet for this game floats around the internet as an example of egregious design. Yes. Uh, nowadays, people are all up in arms about the Pathfinder 2 character sheet, which, yes... But mostly because it's ugly. It's just ugly. I mean, it's utilitarian. It kind of looks like a tax form, but honestly, the Pathfinder 2 sheet makes perfect sense to me. It's cogent all the way across. This thing, this character sheet that I have in my hand right here, printed out from the internet, is famous for a good reason. Yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and get this out of the way right now. So the two books that exist... For oh, Eorus. Right. We should talk about our experiments and our plans. Yeah. There are two books. One is The Crunch, where it's all the rules, uh, character creation, your mechanics, everything like that. The other book is just an entire book of what is actually the setting and history and what's going on mm -hmm. with this book. There is virtually no overlap beyond the existence of some proper nouns. Yeah. In... The mechanics book, it is my understanding, because I read the setting book, mm -hmm. that you'll get some references to things. Obviously, you know, you have to pick what you're going to play as. Yes. So you'll have some references to whatever those are, but that's about it. And in addition to that, in the setting book, there's some references to what abilities certain things might have, mm -hmm. but it's not like, oh, you get you know, your choice of this or that. It's just like, and it is said that they can control the minds of men. And you're like, all right. So effectively, to understand this game, you need to read both books at once and be very, very into it. Yeah. I uh, mean, I guess you could read the setting information first and then move on to the mechanics. But honestly, I feel like if you tried to just read the setting information all the way through, as I have done... 
you will lose your mind, mm-hmm. as I have done. So, I mean, you can kind of get an idea of what I've gone through, because I have literally just read a rule book uh, with no accompanying fluff to tell me what any of this nonsense is. Imagine if you were reading Dungeons & Dragons, you know that one little two-paragraph section right after Fighter, it's like, hey, these guys are good at fighting, and they do fighting. And they, <laughs> some of them rise up from being farm boys or whatever to become good fighting mans called fighters that are fighty. Uh, what, if that section just wasn't there, and it was just like, fighter. Uh, here's your stats and stuff. Done. Go. Yeah, move, stats, move, powers. Move, anyway. Moving on, moving on, moving on. You'd still kind of get it because there's a 40-year history behind it. Yeah. This game doesn't have that, and it's not just a dungeon crawler. Crawler. In fact, I have no idea what it is. I don't know what any of this shit is. As far as I can tell, uh, and this is based entirely on having read the rule book for the game, it's about, like, angels and... Furry, and airwaves? Yeah, it's about the angels and the airwaves in the outfield and uh, in, in the corn, I think, is the other one. <laughs> Yes, uh, Angels in the Corn, Angels the as corn. they are known. One of my favorite movies. is a great movie, <laughs> Angels in the Corn. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so as far as I can tell, it's about like super sexy, vaguely anime-inspired sex angels and their ongoing competition or battle or something with a bunch of like happy, like rodent-based furries, like... <laughs> It's it's just sort of a series of nutria that get bigger and bigger. I feel like even if there was no reference to this, that would just be what you assume this game is by the pictures. I mean, yes, because here's the thing. There's there's right in the middle of the rules book, there's a section on the species that you're supposed to play as. I don't know if it's a species or what. I think it's called... Yeah, species is correct. They're they're called species. Most of them, the species is sexy thing. Uh. It's just like 11 of the 25 of them are so, or born 20, less than 25. Like 11 of the 20 of them are just like sexy person with their shirt open. Ooh, look at that guy. He's got a katana. Ooh, that lady's got magic extra arms and stuff, but they're all just variations on sexy. And then the other ones are all muzzled. Well, okay. First, two of them are just wolves, like literally just wolves. Yep. Um, and then, and then the rest are like, what are you? Oh, I'm kind of like if, uh, like if a groundhog stood up on its back legs. Yep. <laughs> up to, well, I'm kind of like if a really big groundhog stood up on its <laughs> back legs. Uh, and then some of them, some of the sexy ones also may or may not have horns and tails. Yes. All uh, of this is accurate. Yes. Uh, and and I don't, the, the thing about the species list in the, in the rule book is it doesn't tell you which of the three types of character you're supposed to build correspond to those three, to those pages of species. So I don't know. There's cool. one section when you're doing character creation where it's like, oh, by the way, if you're a sill, then you have to choose from this list. It's like the first five pages and also the seventh page of the species guide. But if you look at the other two, which are uh, Calais and Xylans, uh, there's no guide for what you're supposed to choose. That's amazing. Yes. I, I love that all of these words are words that I now know. Uh-huh. And... Just the seeing them without any context, I have to imagine, is just the best. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just some... My my understanding of this game is that it's a bunch of unnecessarily complicated rules so you can play one of those ultra-metaphysical games. See, now, when I was reading this, I was like, I have no concept of what you would even do in this game. Neither do I. I mean, you fight, obviously, because you have all these combat stats. Also, you have social fights at the exact same time as you're having regular fights. Your actions are divided up into regular actions and social actions that occur at at all times during every combat. Amazing. You're you're throwing away potential as a character if you are not also constantly arguing with your opponent. Mm, mm, mm. Good. You're leaving money on the table in that situation. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. 
Okay, so core mechanic of the game, because I guess we're going to start with me yeah. uh, and, and the rules, and then we'll go into the story. In Here's the thing. It's a two-week episode. This is going to be a doubleheader. Oh, this is... This game deserves so it. So much. I mean, even if the mechanics wouldn't take up an entire episode, there is more than an episode's worth of nonsense in this setting book. Yeah, so get ready for the first half of our di- deep dive into Eeyore Assassins in our vague attempt to do blind men examining an elephant. Yeah. Can the two of us together come up with a cohesive idea of what this game is? I mean, probably. I mean, yes, it's it's obviously it's sex angels fight the dirty capybara <laughs> monsters. Uh, okay, so basic mechanic. The game is D20 based. Uh, you'll need 12 D20s. Good Lord. 11 of which are the same color and one of which is a different color. Okay. Uh, is, let me see if I can guess something. Okay, sure. Okay, so is the 12th die, mm-hmm. the one that's a different color, is that a magic die? It's called like the judgment die, sometimes they call it the spirit die, but effectively it is the one that, that's used to determine like super crits and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Because in any handful of dice that you roll, because you would say it's basically, imagine if White Wolf was D20s. That You're, sounds awful. It, yeah, but it's the same fucking game. I mean, you roll against a target number, and you you have a difficulty, or, or you have a, 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 a threshold at, at which successes occur. Yeah, but right? you also have so much more variance with the D20. Well, I mean, the variant, because as long as you're doing the target number thing, it's it's barely relevant. In this game, the generic target number is a 15. So you could ease just as easily, for the most part, be like, oh, I'm going to replace this with D4s, and you succeed on a 4. Uh, um, well, wow, really. you only so succeed on a 15 up? Yeah, 15 up. Fuck. But stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. There's more. So your die pool is built out of uh, a mix of your stats and your skills, just like in other, uh, your attributes and your skills, just yeah. like in White Wolf. The threshold for success is a 15, which technically is a little bit more punishing than the threshold for success in White Wolf. Uh, and it's got the same mechanic where a 20 is worth two and a, and a uh, one is worth none. And then those those penalties, those... those uh, now, does the one subtract? Uh, it does if it's the judgment die. Okay. Because I was wondering if they were going off of... Old White Wolf rules or newer White Wolf rules? They, they kind of halfway it, because the Judgment Die gets all these special benefits and effects. Uh, basically, the Judgment Die does the same job as the uh, Fortune Dice do in FFG Star Wars, where they can't generate effects that positively or negatively contribute to the actual success roll, but tell you whether or not something good or bad happened. And also huh. control, at the same time, also control whether or not you crit. Weird, but okay. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so the first thing... you. There's a threat. There's a there's a threshold of the maximum number of dice that you can roll in a pool, uh, and that is twelve. You can't roll more than twelve dice, no matter how high your stats get. Uh, and stats in this game range all the way up to twelve. So there can there can a point can arise where your character is so very powerful that uh, you, your still your skills no longer matter. But wait, there's more, <laughs> because the, you have to assemble your pool and then reduce it to twelve, regardless of whatever whatever it actually was. Mm-hmm. And for each two extra dice that you have in your pool that you don't get to roll because of the twelve cap, uh, you just get an automatic success. Huh. Okay. So for so example, there is actually some benefit to going above, say, a six and a six in something. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, in specifically, the benefit you'd find in like first edition Scion. Oh. Remember, Scion had a bunch of shit. Scion more or less fell apart when you started talking about the auto successes. Scion, ooh, baby. It's a great idea. It was a, it was a neat idea, and the execution 
Ooh, man. Keep in mind, we're talking about first edition Scion right now. I have not read the second edition. I don't no, know. No, I have not. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the first thing. The next thing you need to know all about is what's called the STM or the success threshold modification. The sexually transmitted modification. The sexually transmitted mole. Uh, which is a little mole that, that it's hangs, a little mole man. He hangs out on your back, and if you're at, if you're getting down and busy, he jumps to the other person. He's like, "Oh, that looks like a nice back." I was saying, Burns. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no one's gay for mole man. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm loving the idea of this little mole. Let me tell you, if at all possible, I'm making that guy when we do bonus content. <laughs> well, like I was saying before, it seems like all the furries in this game are either wolf, straight up just a wolf, or a variation on the capybara. I mean, you're not entirely wrong, just somewhat wrong. Well, they've got, they, they all have that kind of broad rectangle muzzle with the fur draping down on the sides of it that could either be a capybara or certain types of friendly looking dog. Like a Scotty dog I mean, would have that same muzzle. The, the one that you are referring to is a very specific type of. Actually, I'm referring thing. to the smallest one and the largest one. See, the they, smallest one. I feel like it looks from the picture more like an otter person oh, than I mean, anything that's else. Fair. I, to me, it looked hedgehoggy. I don't know. I don't care. Right. It's not like I got a description of these things. I have a photograph. Or not a photograph. <laughs> and look at this photograph. Yeah. <laughs> Every, Every time, time I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nickelback. You roll up to 12 d20s, one of which is the spirit die, uh, and you're looking for a success threshold of, of, uh, of 15 or higher. But there's the success threshold modification. Uh, this is a special stat that can either be... Uh, well, the idea is that the, the number of dice you roll is controlled by by uh, factors like your knowledge or, or, or outside influences like the DM can... I'm sorry, the difficulty, the number of dice you have to... <laughs> God, this is so complicated, and I have nothing to do with anchor it to. Okay, so there's the difficulty that you need to hit. That's okay. the target number. So that's the target number. So you, like, say, for example, you just want to like climb a wall. The, the, the DM can set the difficulty at four. That's variable and controlled by the DM. But no. normally, you'd be like, all right. Target number is what you have to roll. Uh, so, yes. The, the target number is the number of... Uh, the, uh, the difficulty is the number of successes you have to roll. And the target number is the number you have to actually roll to get a success. That's the threshold. The success threshold is the number of uh, is the number you have to roll on or above on a d20 to get a success. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm doing this because target number is an actual term that exists that refers to what number you have to get to get a success. That is true. Uh, but they call it the threshold throughout the course of my book. Then there's also the success threshold measure or modification, which like, like I was trying to say earlier, there's. If the difficulty changes, the difficulty number of successes you have to roll, that's the DM influencing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, if they want to make it easier or harder because of a stunt or an influence on the game, that's them moving the numbers around. If you move the numbers around as a player because of your knowledge, skill, or genetics, it moves the difficulty or the threshold of success on all the D20s. <sighs> okay, I understand how the DM changes the number of successes you need. Uh -huh. He can just be like, all right, the... You know, this is a hard roll. Maybe you got to make four or something. Mm -hmm. Sure, I get that. But what is it that you as a player can do? Okay. Like you said, knowledge. But what does that even mean? All right. So, well, knowledge is one of the examples of the ways it could be granted. It can also be a superpower, something you get from uh, from various crystals, whatever, any kind of thing like that. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't even started talking about the magic system. And God help me. Um, let's say you're good at with bows and arrows in this game, the long range skill. 
Uh-huh. So not only do you have a couple of dots in long range that you that translate to dice when you're rolling dice to make the attack, but also because of some magic benefit of one of your th- the things you choose when you're building your character, you have an STM of minus two. Now that STM of minus two means that whenever you roll a long range skill, you aren't rolling against a, a uh, threshold of fifteen; you're rolling against a threshold of thirteen. And that's just something you pick at character creation, it's, or uh, oh, it happens constantly and for a variety of reasons. Excellent. So that's good. So if you have a minus two STM on archery, uh, you both count the number of actual skill points you have in it when adding them to your agility when you when you're creating your die pool to shoot a bow at somebody. But you also check your STM rating in the skill to see whether or not you have to move up or down the number that counts as a success on each individual D20 that you're going to roll. So every skill has its own die rating and then die adjustment rating now to be fair there are about 35 skills in the game uh here uh, every one of these things on this character sheet i have in front of you you here these are all skills and each one of them has their own dot rating. i want you to know that just looking at that character sheet makes my eyes cross listeners if you have not (laughs) seen the eoris essence character sheets because there's more than one Uh, there's three depending on what thing you'd like to be if you have not i want you to Right now, if you can, go look up the Eoris character sheet. It is nonsense. Like, it is the type of character sheet that just looking at your eyes crossed and you go, I don't want to play this game. (sighs) Okay. Uh, There aren't, the the, uh, STMs aren't super common, but they are relatively common. So while you may have 35 skills, chances are you'll only have six or seven of them that have a automatic STM built into them for your character at any time. Okay. Like, I, I only learned how to discuss this game by making a character, and he has STMs applied to maybe five or six things at level one. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are eight statistics. Now, hold on. Before you go any further, Ooh. let me ask you, is there an STM that increases the number? Yes. Okay. So you can be shitty at something. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can also modify the skill, the uh, crit range. Uh, it, it, for example, there's a uh, a talent that you can get, and talents in this game are merits. Uh, their merits and flaws are called talents and hindrances. Great. One of them I'm is, glad that those exist in this game. Oh, oh, absolutely. One of them is called uh, coordinated, which is anytime you roll a physical skill, you crit on an 18, 19, or 20 instead of just on 20s. Uh, it doesn't work for combat skills. And the crit is Two successes only rolling of- 20... Normally, it would count any twenties you roll or crits. Would give you two successes. Crits just double successes. Okay. Where I thought it was if you got a crit on the judgment. If you get a crit on the judgment die, then something elaborately amazing happens. There are two (laughs) kinds of crits. Uh, are they both referred to as crits yes of course <laughs> fabulous <laughs> i mean honestly this game is more or less well designed but it is maddeningly weird and so it, anyway let's keep pushing forward if i may i mean I'll, I'll go ahead and say maddeningly weird is gonna be par for the course for this person <laughs> writing this book uh okay there are eight statistics called attributes uh if you're looking at the character sheet that's the kind of boat steering wheel thing in the upper left corner uh it, you'll note when you're looking at it that it has eight radial spokes going out from a single black dot in the center uh which are labeled constitution strength dexterity reflexes senses presence charisma mind spirit and willpower hmm. uh they're equally mixed between physical and mental stats it's interesting that they made presence and charisma two different things. Yes, but presence sure. and charisma are two different things because you can use them for your... Honestly, you can kind of choose which one is whether or not you're good looking, but I believe presence is supposed to be the you're pretty stat. 
Huh. Yeah. Weird, because I would have assumed that would be charisma, but I know, okay. I know. Uh, you'll know that there's a central black dot at the center of this eight-pointed star of dot, uh, of dot radiances. <laughs> there's a little black dot on my character sheet. Uh, there's a lot of them, actually, but that one is to indicate that uh, your character starts with at least a one in all the ratings. That counts as your first dot in every stat in the, in the field. You know... I kind of like that. Uh-huh. If you're going to do a thing where you're like, oh, you start with a one and everything, having a radial spoke where everything starts with a black dot in the middle, I'm like, that's at least an interesting way to save space, I guess. I, yeah, I guess. But let me tell you the, the honest truth, which is that I built this character uh, by picking those numbers when I was starting, and then when I went back through and was using them to figure out all my derived statistics, because there's dozens of derived statistics. Of course there are. Uh, I forgot that it was there and what it did, and so all... <laughs> Because it doesn't. Because all I was looking at was the pencil marks, and I just consider that central dot like art. <laughs> and so all my characters' numbers were like way too low. Oh, that's amazing! So I ended up having to do it twice. So that's a, that's an actual story. Um, so those numbers run between one and twelve. Yeah. And the way that it because there's only uh, five dots beyond your initial starting dot. You'll note next to each one of the stats, because written around the radius, uh, the radii of the spokes, are the, the stat numbers mm-hmm. with a little line that you can write on, and at the end of that line, a tiny little box. I'm what? Well, I'll show it to you so you can see for yourself. Um, okay, so, for example, I see con- that next to the word "constitution," you'll see a little line and then a little box. I, I see that. Yes, the little line is where you write down any stati- or attribute-driven uh, STM measurements you may have. Okay. So, for example, if your character has a flat minus two STM to strength or willpower, something like that, you put it there. All right. What's the, the box for? The, the little box is if you fill all these circles, every single circle, every, well, all the circles, like in, in all line, circles in the game, uh, every single circle that's ever been. Yeah. If you fill all the circles in strength, for example, then you currently have a strength of six. Yes. Because that that means you have that central dot that counts for your first, and then the five outer dots. Yes. If you want to progress beyond six, you erase all those dots. <laughs> And fill in the little, <laughs> and fill in the little square. <laughs> oh God, damn it! Oh, you got me. <laughs> you fill in the little square, and then you do it again. Oh Lord God. Okay. <sighs> okay. Um. So as you can see, there's a lot of things that are happening that are based off of your attribute ratings. Uh. And I, I, I mean, they're all pretty self-explanatory. None of them are crazy. Uh, beyond, as John noted, uh, presence and charisma kind of feel like they might do a lot of the same things. Yeah. But, uh, but most of them, for the most part, make sense. The next thing on the sheet, and I'm not going to go in order of how you build a character. I'm just going to explain the character. Oh, sheet, that's fine. Because that's how I that. keep my keep it in my head. Uh, the next thing is your appearance status. Now, your appearance status is a grid of it looks like 81. Square uh, dots. Oh, excuse me. Um, there's an additional dot at the top of each line, so it's actually 85 dots. 85 dots. There's 85 little dots in kind of a grid uh, that that are laid out, in, in, you know, in, in a in a standard square grid. Uh, at the at the gosh, like like an X Y graph, there are labels on each of the four quadrants of them, uh, which are counter opposed. So, for example, the top and bottom are menacing and approachable, while the left and right are rough and elegant. Okay. Uh, this determines how your character appears to other people. How what they, if I'm roughly elegant? You can't be roughly elegant. Those two are opposite. That's the, the basic pre- I'm premise. I'm approachably menacing. <laughs> I'm menacingly approachable. If you don't approach me, I'll be all... 
Now, this status, uh, you choose this at the beginning of the game. You pick a spot and fill it in because you're just, just like, whatever you want. Uh, oh, half the character sheet is whatever you want. Nice. You have no idea. <laughs> <sighs> so you look at this grid of 81 dots and you're like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of two over into elegant and then three up into menacing. Okay. Uh, and then when you are attacked in social combat or when certain things occur to you during the game, this number can be forcibly shifted around. Okay, so someone, like, hucks shit on me and all of a sudden I'm less elegant? Yeah, you become more rough. Or uh, cool. your lived experiences can move you from approachable to menacing based on how uh, your your emotional status is altered by emotional, yeah, emotional some, status altering attacks. Someone bullied me and now I'm less approachable. Uh-huh. Okay, <sighs> so that's one. Uh, the next thing here is Aura. Uh, aura is just how much magical power you have and, and how connected you are to the universe at large. Uh, oh, that large universe. Now, the character sheet I have is for a Sill, which I picked because it was the only one of the three options in the game that tells you which one of the species to choose. <laughs> uh, so that meant that I could actually do a character creation from start to finish for the most part. There's actually still one thing missing that mentioned it, that it was only listed in the other book, and I'm going to have to look to you for help. Oh, nice. Um, most starting uh, Xylan will have a zero aura because they are not directly interconnected to the universe. Yeah. Uh, they start with a zero and can buy into aura rating if they would like to. Uh, the ratings for aura and for almost everything in this book have a like one to eight listing in the thing mm -hmm. where usually they give up around five and just say like, like four, but more. Um, in Aura's case, it's, it's, uh, it's how open your eyes are to the universe and how connected you are to it. Uh, the character I built is an Aura 4, which the, which the uh, rating describes as the universe often talks to you and you don't find it weird. <laughs> this is an excuse for the DM to tell you things. Good. Um, and also, all of your dreams are completely lucid and make perfect sense to you and you learn things from them. Let me ask you a quick question. If a term ever came up during your time with this mechanics book, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the term Aurus, O-R-U-S, did that ever come up? I feel like it did, but I have no idea what it is or does. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, under that is energy, which I honestly don't know. I assume it has something to do with Calais or Xylans because I didn't come across <laughs> it when building a Zill character. Uh, I think it actually, it's the uh, the point rating you use to activate powers that you have because uh, some of them do have EP costs associated with them. I do not know how to generate it, though. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah. I read the book and it's still no clue. It's a very confusing. Uh, the book is laid out. In an amazing format. I mean, it uses notational breakdown, so it'd be like, oh, we're in chapter six, character creation. 6.1.1.1, character creation, trait selection. 6.1.1.2, character creation, trait selection, the Xylan. <laughs> uh, which, you know, makes sense, but... Also, of note, just because we have not mentioned it, these books are in landscape and not uh, portrait. Also, they're yeah, they're landscape layout, and they are full color on every page, even if that makes it the text really hard to read. Yes, especially. Uh, what they do if the text gets hard to read is that they add a white background uh, glow. They got they went into Photoshop, uh, opened up the the uh, the the text the, the text tool, and added a white glow background, a uh, fuzzy glow background to the letters that kind of makes them easier to read but not really a little bit i mean it kind of depends on if the reason it was difficult to read was there was a lot of bright nonsense going on as well yeah i mean believe me i'm, I'm excited to see a, two books that come in one big cardboard dust jacket that are gorgeous from page to page that really spent a lot of money on art and have color on every single page but 
good lord save me and give me a couple of pages of not of black and white with text on them <laughs> just a few just just a little bit of simplicity <sighs> okay um so yeah aura is the degree by which you are connected to the universe energy is the amount of power you have to activate uh the powers that you will you'll pick up uh powers i believe are primarily a thing that zill or sill which are kind of like uh, deity, angel, universe-connected, godhead-type people, and Kale, which are like nature Borg, is is, is the closest I can. Uh, I don't know. John's going to have to tell you. Um, I know. I'm excited about everything here. Uh, uh, most Kale start with a zero consciousness, and they're literally slaves of the central core intelligence of the Kale, which is some woman named like Sitola or something. I have very little connection to this. Good. Uh, I do note that if you get your consciousness to eight and you're a Calais, you're now on equal footing with Cetola and can also order around every single other Calais in the universe. Uh, it's it's a it's a good hierarchy they got in this system. Yes. Uh, okay. The next thing over from those is the emotional status grid. This is an additional grid, just like the uh, um, appearance grid. It, it but it's eighty one state of eighty five. And it, just like the other one, it has X and Y axes. The axes from from up to down are secure to frightened. Okay. And from left to right are depressed to exalted. <laughs> Good. Now, I've talked about this before, that, that the opposite of depressed is not exalted. That exalted is an external force being acted upon you, that other people are exalting you, and that the actual opposite of depressed would be exulting. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm so mad about it, but I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> Exulting is what you are doing. Exalted is what other people are doing about you. Yes, I can be exultant. Yeah. I can have that as I am super pleased with whatever, but if I am being exalted, it is someone being like, oh, I'm going to raise you up. Yeah, you'd have to change one or the other to make it sense. If you wanted to keep exalted on there, the other end would have to be depressing, <laughs> as in that your presence depresses people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people who are one are also the other, but let's be clear. I mean, you could use depressed as an opposite of exalted in as far as depressed being, I am being depressed. Oh, okay. like would it be someone, o- wouldn't it be oppressed in that situation? Well, there's oppressive and then depressive, which would be mostly just like your, well, I guess it would be basically the same idea yeah i feel like i it, mean i don't need to argue the semantics <laughs> of this i'm just you know i just feel like exultant is what it should have been yes um now to be fair i think this was translated from spanish oh really i had no idea i i, I is that something you're picking up from the other book i didn't notice that at all there's a lot of little spanish uh things in there like there's some poetry okay sections that are in spanish well if that's the case then i guess i'm less mad about it because it's probably just a i mean ultimately if this book is translated from the spanish the translator did a fucking good job because <laughs> i mean I, we've seen some books that were translated previously and usually they mess up a lot oh yeah i mean i've seen another book translated from spanish which was uh anima mm-hmm. and Ooh, that did not do as good of a job if that was the case with this one. Yeah, if this is the only mistake I've noticed in translation, then goddamn, they did a fine job with their translation. Yeah. Uh, okay, again, this 81-point uh, grid is entirely up to player determination at the start of the game. You choose where you are on the axis of depressed to exalted and secure Man, I frightened. wish I could choose where I was on the axis of depressed and exalted. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why you'd ever... I mean, I, I I put my character when I was building him over into Depressed and in, into Secure as well, because I was like, that's kind of a neat idea. The character isn't worried about things, but he's sad. Yeah, it's just sad, but it's fine. 
Okay, next thing over as we're moving over from left to right is the psychology chart. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm doing this the right way. I feel like I maybe... I don't care. I feel like I maybe should have done it in the order by which you create a character. Um, but you know what? Who cares? Uh, psychology chart is... There's a bunch of stuff to it. First, there's the consciousness rating, which we have already mentioned. Uh, a character with a consciousness of one is like a newborn. Like, they're aware that they're alive and are aware that they're, they're like, warmths and presences and so on, but that's yeah. about it. They, ha- they have a awareness of the surroundings, if not actual, like, knowledge of self. Yeah, they have a capacity to, in- to note and react to stimuli. Yeah. Uh, so things like newborns and, like, some kinds of plants and stuff are at consciousness one. Yeah. Uh, the average human is a consciousness two to three. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, the character I have built, just by dint of where he was in the first, or, or uh, what, how the basics of them, is Consciousness 5, which again means he is like open to magic forces and, and has uh, special magic dreams and all kinds of shit. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is Emotional Barrier. Uh, that, is your, <laughs> that is your defense against emotional motion attacks, but there's more than one of them. Uh, there's also Emotional Alteration Resistance. So barrier and resistance are two different things. Barrier is your defense and resistance is resist. Barrier is what you roll when people make a ranged attack against you, because uh, every person in this game can throw up magic shields in front of them whenever whenever someone shoots attacks at them. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, and there's both emotional barrier and then just barrier, which is what you do if like it's an actual arrow or something. Okay. Well, I mean, that's more interesting, because I can throw up emotional barriers. Yeah. Uh, the next stat is hope. Every character starts with a four hope. I don't know what it is or does beyond that. I, never I s- assume it's how much you hope. It probably. It doesn't seem to get mentioned very often. And similarly, patience. Huh. Uh, patience is a stat for between one and, and six. And it's a virtue. <laughs> don't talk about virtues yet. Virtues are coming up. Uh, <laughs> virtues pa- are coming. Patience is a six die st- uh, thing. You write down however many you'd like. Or six dot thing. Wait a minute. Hold on. Patient. Okay, hold on. Patience is a six-dot thing, and you just pick however many dots, or you pick... However many dots, yes. Oh, okay. I I thought you were saying you write however many things you are patient with. No. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? It's a stat that you just choose at character creation, and don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, Okay, the next stats are... uh, Well, there's stress, which is... I don't even know what it does. I feel like it works kind of the same way as Valor Burn and so on and Exalted, but all I know is how to start it. I don't know what it is or does. Ah! Uh... And now, here's some more stats that you need to know about, John. You ready for a bunch of stats? I'm so ready. Here we go. They are love, kindness, justice, duty, valor, optimism, spirituality, curiosity, pride, envy, malice, sloth, wrath, greed, gluttony, lust, and temptation. Oh, hey, look at that. It's the seven deadly sins plus two more. Yeah. And then the seven virtues. Oh, everybody loves the seven deadly sins plus two. Yeah, because that's what we got right here. I think they added malice and temptation. Are the two new deadly sins? I mean, malice could be considered wrath, but... Yeah, but wrath is also here. I know. Eh, it's sure. The, it's the nine deadly sins. Great. It's the seven plus two deadly sins, and they're led by Kip Durant. Yes. And then the seven virtues. Uh, that, that's a little shout out for all of you that also listen to the <laughs> Expounded Universe. If you listen to all of our shows, we do cross-promotional jokes just for you. There you go. That's a little joke that nobody but you guys get. Cartoon hot dog. <laughs> Uh, these are all stats that, r- that range from, they all start at one dot and go as far as six dots, and you choose all of them. There's no mechanic to this, there's and no there's, starting number of points. Is there no, like, you can't have more in, say, temperance than you have in lust, or what, like, you- Nothing. One is- 
you limited could, by the other. You could put straight six dots and all these or not touch it if you want to. That is incredible. And I do not know what they do. I have to assume that it's basically in situations where you're like being given a moral test that these become your skill rating. You compare, you, you'd be like, oh, well, okay, you need to roll a, uh, a charisma plus duty roll or something like that. I'm going to go ahead and let you know yeah. that there's a little bit of that in what I've got in my book, and it's mostly tied into like the powers that people have. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <sighs> At the top of the page, you will note name. Family name, uh, species, origin, title, and element are things that you can choose, as well as luck and size. Now, luck is interesting because this entire character creation system is uh, point by, right? Mm -hmm. Every single aspect of it is point by. Every single aspect of gameplay is rolling a set number of d20s with one d20 that's a special d20. Yeah. Luck is a d6. It is the only (laughs) d6 in the entire game. That's so good. That is so good. You have a D6 luck. Uh, what does luck do? I don't know. Uh, uh, in, in situations where you have nothing else to roll, I think you roll luck instead. And also you can burn it permanently to get rerolls. Huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Name is name is, is uh, entirely up to you. Family name, I'm not sure whether or not it represents a... Uh, a section of character creation called, like, Aspect or Origin. There are, like, 11 or 12 different origins you can choose from. Uh, it's it's a fascinating list. It, it's like, oh, what's this one called? Cirrus. All right, what's in Cirrus? Uh, well, first of all, there's a power that everyone in Cirrus gets, and it's like, oh, you guys all have wings or something. Uh, and the next one is a list of genetic bonuses that you get, and then a list of nationality bonuses that you get. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, sure, because because you know it's they they want to cover all the bases for everything. When you're a character and you choose one of those these, you immediately disregard the power and the nationality bonuses because just because you're Ceresian doesn't mean you're from Ceres. Yeah, you just are of Ceres uh, uh, descent. That's all. So yeah, all you, you were just the, born of them. All you get is the genetic bonuses. Yeah, to get the. Uh, the actual, like, if you want the nationality bonuses, you have to beat a D20 roll during character creation. It's a random chance to see whether or not you can pull it off. That's weird. It's bizarre, because it's a point-by game, and what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, do you get something, like, is there a consolation no. prize if you fuck that up? No, 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 no. So some people are just going to be better than other people if they get a D20 roll. A tiny bit. I mean, let's be real. This game, your character takes fucking forever to make in this game. All right, uh, so... Christ. Uh, my species on the character sheet that I built is Eurasian Eurasian. <laughs> kind of like Gorilla Gorilla. Yeah, I uh, was, I'm glad that you got there because that is definitely something I wanted to mention in my half. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just list the species here because uh, I don't know what they are. That's uh, fine. I've got a list of them in mine as well. The first thing is Eurasian, and it appears to just be like a like a Siegfried from Soul Calibur type sexy knight dude. Uh, they get a minus two attribute STM to willpower. Uh, and then they get a bunch of sense STMs, which are... This is what we were talking earlier about uh, how STMs can be positive or negative. Uh, they have bad senses of taste, so they get a plus two modifier to taste-based STMs. Huh. Okay. That said, they have a minus one to hearing and sight, a plus two to intuition, so they're not an intuitive people. A minus two to touch, so even though they're bad at tasting, they're very good at the feel of touch. And a plus three to smell. They're bad at smelling things. Huh. 
Uh, I do not know why. That's very because weird. No, there is there is not a write up on these. It's just a picture, and the pictures feel very arbitrary. Yeah, I assume they are. And then the other things you get are how common is this type of species? It's just is like common. There's no rule that you have to you can't play as rare or very rares or whatever that I found. It's just to make you feel cooler if you play as a rare one. I guess. Uh, common uh, average size, which uh, all these ear regions are big. Everything's big, and well, there's, you can be either super tiny or human sized or big, but everyone's like almost two meters tall. Yeah, I was noticing that going through this. Unless something was like, oh, it's a meter tall and it's a little cute thing. Everything is big. Yes, uh, you get size. There's base damage modifications. Uh, there's attribute and skill STM modifications, and then there's their powers. I don't know what these powers are, do I? couldn't find them in the powers list. They seem to be unique to each one of the species. These guys get mild telepathy and mild telekinesis. Amazingly, that shows up in my side. It's the only rule thing that shows up in the uh, like fluff setting stuff is when it talks about all of the various species, it does give the power for like, oh, they get mild telepathy and mild telekinesis. Uh, the next power listed for just an Eurasian is sea and darkness 99% at a cost of 2 AP. And for the record, I have no idea what 99% means. I have no idea at all. I don't know if it means 99% of the time you see in darkness, <laughs> or if you can see 99% of the things in the darkness. I don't know. Now, what is AP? Uh, action points. Action points are one of the many uh, derived attributes in the game. Uh, you derive them by... And let me grab my character sheet so I can remember. Like there, there, like I said, there are dozens of these. So forgive me for not knowing it off the top of my head. Oh, that's fine. I, I'm not going to expect you to know. I have detailed notes on my computer for what the fuck is going on in the cosmology of this. Mm -hmm. So when you need some uh, <laughs> some notes, that is okay. I believe it's the combination of mind and reflexes divided by two. And that is the number of, of action, because uh, everything costs action points to do in, in yeah. any given round. But they're they're cumulative. If you don't use them all during a round, they do add to the next round. Oh, you get rollover points. You get rollover points, which is important because most like super like low-grade starting characters will have like... Uh, actually, I don't know. There isn't really a good example character in the book. Uh, the only thing I could find is a possible example of anything was a section that, was, that said most people start with 12 to 16 points in their attributes, and uh, then... then it, go up from there. And so I kind of built my character with 16 points in his attributes, thinking, well, you know, I'm probably better than most people, right? Ah. So my character has three three action points, and also the power to teleport, which costs eight. Great. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that... I, 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 maybe I did it wrong, and I built the character completely wrong, and he's supposed to have way higher stats. Lord knows he could afford to. Because uh, we'll get into how you build the character. It's all done with XP, and you start the game with 5,000 experience. Ah. Uh, if you're a regular adult... Because there's an age chart. Oh, of course. You there can is. start this game as a toddler if you would like. Fuck yeah, you can. And well, of course, certain toddlers are very powerful. Yeah, they are. Uh, because they get a massive STM adjustment to. No, actually, they get both of their STM. Uh, both of their STM adjustments are positive to their physical yeah. and their mental stats because they're babies. But if you're, for example, like a young adult, you'll get a uh, penalty to your mental and a benefit to your to your physical. Anyway, five thousand XP. Uh, an attribute costs 50 XP per point. All right. So there's nothing stopping you save the hard cap for starting characters of six from putting six in all of them. Yeah. Uh, it's 20 per point in a skill. I am not sure because, again, there wasn't an example of character development. If it's 20 per point flat or 20 uh, per point scaling. Scaling, yeah. I don't know which way it works. 
I don't know. Yeah. I could, mean, I figured they would say if it was going to be scaling. Because yeah. if they just say 20 per point, then you have to assume every point is 20 rather than 20 and then 40 and then 60 and so on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, boy. So that's action points. And we just talked about psychology. There are also two more things in the psychology tree that are worth mentioning. Those are your compulsions. Because, again, this game is basically a weird White Wolf derivative. Great. Uh, compulsions are just things. There, there's a list of them. And they're things like rage of blood and <laughs> and point of the sword. And, and point of order. Zeal. And they're just like benefits you get when you're like in a critical situation. Okay. Uh, and the, the, each one of them is like, oh, zeal. Uh, when you have zeal, then you then uh, you have extra critical. Uh, uh, you have a, a higher crit range on all of your things when you're super injured because you're super dedicated to completing the cause. Usually, warriors take this. Usually, yeah. But then there's also like fear from blood, and that's like you know if you see blood, you run away from it, and that's children usually take that. Okay, but uh, do you hold on? Is that for everything or just roles associated with that? Like if I have fear of blood. Is that I only get the crit adjustment if I'm running away from blood or trying to do something that gets me away from it? Nope, there's a target threshold for when it starts happening, and then it just happens in general. It's just a die modifier, and it's like, hey, are you at half health? Then you activate your fear of blood compulsion, and it lasts until you get healed up. So in order to be better at, say, being a mechanic, I can beat the shit out of myself and then be like, okay, great, now I'm way better at trying to fix your car. Yes, also... Uh, what, the type of guy that I, I picked to play as uh, comes with the power to automatically heal uh, uh, one full injury. An injury. This game uses a uh, a hierarchical scale progression for hit, for hit points. So my character may have, I think it's 15 hit points, but each one of those is, represents injuries as well. And injuries are made up of like smaller, in, like scratches built into injuries, which build into hit points. Yeah. Uh, at the end of any given combat, my character automatically recovers all the wounds suffered due to a specific one injury. Huh. But it all doesn't. Right. But later in the book, there's powers that will activate that say a, a combat against a noteworthy foe or dangerous combat or relevant combat, but not that one. That one means. So if you go through your life kicking a door, and like, you're like, ah, fuck this door and beat it up, that's a combat for that particular one based entirely on the fact that there are other ones that, be, that are more specific. But can you only heal wounds you got in that combat? Nope. Doesn't say that. It just says one injury. <laughs> so if you carry around a spider to squash every time you get... This you, is this is the Eorus bag of rats. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that I'm being a pedantic asshole here. I it's, mean, I'm sure you are. You usually are. It's pedantry by omission, which is, which is not my favorite kind anyway. Uh, okay. Oh, God. Okay, well, I'm going to push through this because I know we're, we're pretty... At the exact center of the page, you'll see a list called Earthly Aspects. Uh, I hope you know what those are. I do. Good. Uh, I, my character has the following ones, I think. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, the, sil the Sil character sheet starts with the Eternity one bubbled in whether you want it or not. Uh -huh. So all Sil have Eternity. I don't know what the fuck that is, but they all have it, and it's bubbled in on there. Uh, my particular aspect that I chose, which I believe is called Ayun, uh, is gave me eternal breath as well, which means my character can not doesn't need to breathe. Yeah. Uh, now there are two or you three. You can other go in space. You mm -hmm. can go underwater. Doesn't matter. There are two or three other powers as well that also give you that same ability that aren't called that. There's a lot of ways to not have to breathe in this game. Oh yeah. Um, I also 
have wings because I'm a sill, I think, because we look through the list of descriptions of sill, all of them get what their wings look like as descriptions, but also you can buy wings for them in multiple locations, and I think you have to. Huh. I don't know, and and nothing told me to fill in the wings bubble on the Earthly Aspect radial chart. It's just that my character definitely has wings because I bought them using one of my talent modifications, and then there's this chart on the front that says wings, and I was like, oh, what a perfect spot to notate that my character indeed has wings. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to let you know right now, mm-hmm. Wings is not a guaranteed for a sill. Oh, okay. But when they do get them, there are there is a list of what they should look like. Yeah. Based and, on their type. Yeah. Now, as well, it also depends on what of the earthly aspects they are aligned with. Because you can yes. be aligned with multiple ones. Yeah. And one of those earthly aspects will give you wings. And it's the aspect of Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christ, you! Yeah, man. fuck you! Ah. You almost went along with I it. I was for just a agreeing with you in general. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm, 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 yep, mm-hmm, yep, that mm-hmm, makes sense. Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, because a lot of the aspects have multiple names given to them, because they'll be like, my character, for example, has the elemental aspect of metal when I was putting them together. Uh, Fucking and, metal. And metal is also. It'll be like, ah, this is also the alignment aspect of centaurs. So I was like, sure, there might be a bull one. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's impossible for me to list everything in this game in an hour. Because as a sill, you choose, first of all, one of four types of sill families. Yep. Uh, then you choose one of three types of sill species. Yep. Then you choose one of 11 types of sill nationalities. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you choose one of, I think it's 10 types of sill elemental attributions. Uh, eight of which are just elemental attributions, and two of them are sub-elemental attributions that you can take in addition to the other ones. Technically, there's... Four primary, four secondary, and two corollary ones. Yes. So, for example, if I'd wanted to be aspected to celestial metal, yes, I could have done that. Yeah. Or you could be like purity wood. Yes. And I got some purity wood for you. <laughs> well, then we got to save it until you're married. <laughs> uh, but, good Christ. Uh, so the three bubbles I have in under earthly aspects are eternal breath, wings, I guess, and eternity for sure. <laughs> Then there's the skills. Skills are divided up into the following categories. Uh, physical combat, social skills, social defense skills, physical defense skills, Saeya, uh, Saeya songs, physical skills again, physical skills again, magical defense, and, uh, and then there's a mind skills section, which appears to be divided up into general mind skills and knowledges. Okay. Um, I want to ask, mm-hmm. what skills are there under Saeya? Uh, there are three types of Saeya builds. Uh, Saeya is the magic of this game. Yes, it is. It's the. I just want to know what they call it. Yeah, I'm going to give people, the listeners at home, a quick description. It's the resonance of the universe. The universe is constantly singing fun songs, and you can join in and sing along, and it gives you special powers if you do. There are three types of Saeya skills you can purchase that are general. Those are runes, crystals, and rituals. Okay. And then there are five more you can choose from, which are the different types of actual spellcasting schools. Uh, which are, <clears throat> this is fun to say, let me go through this, Hestia, uh, Kielis, or Kielia, Isthenia, Ilsia, and Eiaia. 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 Divine secrets of the Eiaia sisterhood. <laughs> <laughs> and those yeah. are, uh, if you're curious, aiding songs, time, space, and summoning songs, hurtful attack songs, uh, forces, psionic, or foretelling songs, and manipulation. Good. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would 
split that up, mm-hmm. but I wasn't aware that they would do Saeya with the runes and whatnot as its own thing oh, for yeah. skills. Yeah, that's a that's a focusing factor if you if you'd like to do Saeya tunes. Because you see, John, there's a difference between Saeya tunes, Saeya harmonies, and Saeya songs. Oh, I know. Yeah, you knew don't, that. Don't you worry if I know about Saeya. Yeah, tunes are basically like just general magic shit that anyone can do if they have any kind of Saeya access at all. They're like, oh, I can shoot bolts, or I can I can change the minor things, or I can do generic ma- magic aspects on the world songs are more complicated actual spells that you know yeah and most of the time the things the skills under saya would be people who aren't magical but have stuff they can use because that's the technology of the setting yes so instead of you know being like oh i don't have a car i have a rune that lets me fly somewhere yes and you don't need to be specifically magically aspected to activate the rune uh, it's just someone made it for you and you bought it exactly Mm-hmm. oh my god uh, all the skills have dot ratings from like one to twelve or something, and all of them have little bubbles adjacent to the bubbles that you bubble in for if you for how many points you have in the skill for if you have an STM adjustment to that skill. Good. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my character might have a barrier skill of two with an STM adjustment of minus one. All right. Which means he uh, gets to add two skill bo- uh, bonus uh, d- dice. dice to his uh, whatever he's rolling uh, in conjunction with his barrier to block a ranged attack. Uh, but then also is rolling against 14s instead of 15s. Good. Looking for 14s instead of 15s. Uh, damage in this game is derived from your character and then also the damage of the weapon, but it's your character first. So you have to work out your character's base damage in about eight different categories. Uh, <laughs> melee uh, weapon, melee weapon, ranged weapon, body as weapon, uh, grappling uh, magic ra- ranged attacks, magic touch attacks, all of them are basic damage types that you need to know for your individual character. They're derived from your various stats. Yeah, obviously. Then you can modify them via your talents and hindrances, and also through your spells, and also through your your uh, abilities. We're very close to the end of this episode, and I gotta ask you, what are the the talents and hindrances? These... These uh, Meriton flaws. They're not that interesting. Oh, um, boo. Some of them are kind of neat. Like, there's one of the ones that I took on my character is one that's called Nae Blessing. Uh, and it's N-A-I-E Blessing. Yeah, I you got not- the blessing of the Nyea. Oh, there's a thing There's a thing called the Nyea? Yeah. It's just called that in this book. I don't know what that Good. means. The Nyea Blessing is uh, anytime anyone gives me any links, and links of the money in this game, yep. uh, I get 10% more money. And then it explicitly says, in parentheses, note that this does not indicate that the other person in the transaction loses 10% more money. Yeah. Which means my character has a money generator built into him. Yes. Uh, So what he can do is just be like, hey, give me 50 bucks. Thanks for this 55 bucks. Here's 55 bucks. Hey, give me 55 bucks. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) And generate endless scaling money. Yeah, you've got infinite money. Uh Uh-huh. Which is irrelevant, so don't worry about it. Now, all you need is two people with that, and then you can just do that back and forth so it scales faster. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, the other ones, are, there's a simple one called Assassin, which is just every time you take it, you choose one weapon or damage type, base damage type that you have, and increase it by one. And you could do it up to four times for that, that stat. All right. Uh, hindrances are things like, oh, you're, you're clumsy, so now you're, you're, all of your STMs get a plus one modifier, or uh, your, your range for, for critical failure expands from one to one and two, or right. um, some of them are you know, short-sighted. You have a broken arm. Uh, some of them are kind of neat, though. One of them is straight up you have wings. Yeah. Uh, one of them is you get a minor physical mutation. <laughs> Which which sends you to a whole second set of the a part of the book. This book's magic items are called Val- uh, Shin Valestias. 
Yeah. And, and Velestias and Shins. They're they're three different things. Uh Shin Velestias can get into can turn into these huge like robo vehicles that you can ride around in. And right in the middle of this book, right in the middle of character creation, there's a, a corollary character creation chunk for how to build Giver style robo suits. <laughs> Good. Also how to build the other types of person you can transform into. Like I I, I was saying earlier this game was anime influenced at least a little bit. The art isn't anime at all. Um but a lot of this feels like how it, like it's one of like this game is a generic anime in all but name because it does every anime trope. Your character could have appearing out of nowhere bio armor and they can they can have a battle form. Yeah, although technically most of that is for one specific type of person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, there's there's a ton of those. Uh, there's a huge list of things on my character sheet for stuff that I couldn't find where it's supposed to go on my character sheet. <laughs> uh, for example, when I mentioned earlier that building a sill, I had to choose a uh, a, a family, a species, and a nationality. Mm-hmm. I also had to choose. Oh, in an elemental attunement, I also had to choose an aspect. And there are only two for sill: the aspect of body or the aspect of the bot the body nui, uh, nuie, nui, nui. In the aspect of the mind, which I do not remember the secondary name because it wasn't the one I chose. Well. Um, so I, I, there's no section anywhere on the character sheet for putting down what your aspect is. But here's what it gives me. Uh, when I spend my EP or energy points yeah. to enhance my dexterity, I get two dice instead of one. Uh, and I can heal for four HP, uh, heal four HP for one EP. Uh, and also I automatically heal one injury after every fight. Hmm. One of the talents I chose is Invincible. <laughs> uh, invincible as a talent, and I'm not going to go through my whole character, because what else am I going to do in bonus content then? I yeah. guess just mug. But Invincible is you have to take more than half your total damage in one hit to take any damage at all. Uh, so that's that's pretty fucking good. Yeah. It was expensive, but Jesus Christ. There's another one you can pick that take that's that's uh, Lich-style phylacteries. Oh. So, and it's just a talent. If you want to have a phylactery, you can be like, oh, I, I nominate something somewhere, and I can't die unless that dies. And given that the... Well, I'll leave it to John next season to tell us about the setting of this game, because I know only the most bare elements of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the game is set in the entire universe, and so you could put that thing anywhere, huh. and I, I guess you're immortal then. Yeah. You shoot that bitch into space and let someone try and find it. You also get a ton of powers. Uh, you, in fact, you get three points to spend on powers for every point you have an aura. And most powers cost between one and six. Okay. Uh, Invincible, I believe, is actually a power, not a talent. I apologize. Uh, how dare you? I, I, I apologize. How dare you? I how dare you? Uh, one of the powers that I chose that I thought was kind of interesting is Quiet. And quiet is, it just says it costs one EP to, uh, to, to buy it. I, I don't know about activating it. Oh, no, it's one PP to buy it. That's PowerPoints. Um, you can partially or completely reduce the sound of any one object in your field of vision. Neat. So you can just be like, that thing. That thing's quiet now. Sort of. I don't know. There's no rules for it or anything. Good. Which you'd think, given that this entire game's magic system is based around song singing, you could be like, hey, you, no more out of you. Hey, shoo, 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 guess, shoo, what, shoo. guess what only cost me one point? Shutting down this game's magic system. <laughs> uh, but I don't think that that's singing out loud. I think that's like soul singing with the heart of the soul of the, the uh, ebony and ivory. I, I <laughs> That's a, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I 
don't know what any of this means. Oh, and also, because it's a White Wolf derivative-type game, John, uh, you get story points, which are the background points from Exalted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each one of them is increasingly crazy, where it'll be like, oh, uh, Wealth 0, you have nothing. Wealth 1, you own a small home. Wealth 8, <laughs> you probably own a, a significant portion of the universe. Great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Don't take this one without consulting your DM. The nice thing is that all of them, this is a thing we always complain about with these these dot uh, purchase der- uh, derived attribute type things, is that the the, top, the higher you go, the worse they get for you. Yeah. And this one, if you buy the entire fucking universe, it's not a bad thing. You no. Just, you just happen to own most of the universe. And there's not a thing where it's like, also, you're automatically at war. There are definitely assassins out for your head. Good. So that's that's kind of nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are separated into gift, which is how many magic items you can have, uh, and also uh, social standing, which is divided up into five categories, <laughs> uh, wealth, languages that you might know, and Velestia, uh, which is how many cool armory things do you have. Yeah. If you put one dot in Velestia, you automatically have a Velestia. Go look it up on page 95. And good lord, when you do that, you find out it's like a ma- it's, it's like imagine the most complicated D&D magic weapon. It's that. Yay. Every single one. Yep. If you spend two dots, you get the same fucking thing, but also it gives you an automatic minus two STM to any one of your uh, your stats. Uh, you have to describe how it does that. Most of them are just pendants that you carry around, but some of them are like bespoke armor suits, and every Velestia can be invested into every single m- mundane item you own. So if you want to be like, oh, uh, I took my Velestia, which is a pendant, and I stuffed it up my sword, so now my sword's my Velestia, that's fine. You yeah. can do, you can do, I don't know what it means or does, but you can do that. Great. I love it. So, uh, I don't know, man. I, don't, I just don't know where to go from here. Uh, I, uh, I'll, like tell I said, you, I'll tell you what. Sure. Before we end this, mm-hmm. I do want to do a little dramatic reading as a taste for what's coming in oh, the next episode. Yeah, I was halfway considering a bunch of dramatic readings that I set aside because I was like, this is going to take more than an hour. So, this is a setup for next episode. So, next episode... I want to just... Next time on Dragon Ball Z. I just want to give you a little taste of the tone and writing that this guy does throughout the book. Yeah, or at least who his translator does. First of all, for clarity, he, his, and him will be used as objective gender-neutral pronouns throughout this text. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, thanks for letting us know. Hey, he, his, and him aren't gender-neutral. No, they are not. They're specifically in evidence. Although this book is translated from Spanish, the neutral gender pronouns are going to be kind of a tricky thing to, I mean. See, I don't know if it was, but I I just, that was a feeling I got. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I guess if he's just like, he is gender neutral, the end. I guess usually people are like, oh, we've, this book's new. When you go older, you find people who put that section in just so they can be, like, stuffy dickheads about it. Oh, yeah. The, the books that mention that shit at all from the 80s are always like, mm, yes, I'm not much of a women's liber, so I shall be using the term he and him as is appropriate attention, according to the classics. Ptolemy would not have written she and her. Uh, so I'm going to give you just two quick paragraphs. All right. Here's a paragraph from... The role-playing experience. The main principle of role-playing is that there are no constraints other than those imposed by your own imagination. A role-playing game is, at heart, an organized collective fantasy. 
The themes and settings can be romantic, heroic, dramatic, humorous, and philosophical, and involve anything your mind is capable of conceiving, including emotions unrelated to any previous experience. Of course, if you ever achieve such unprecedented emotions, (laughs) you become a true master of exploration and creation. Imagine how a blind person, unfamiliar with the concept of light, would feel upon seeing color for the first time. Imagine the awakening of a type of perception no one has ever experienced. (laughs) What the sh- I guess I have to imagine how Jory LaForge feels all the time, huh? Okay. That's the role-playing experience. Now for role-playing in Eorus. Mm -hmm. Eorus was not merely created as a role-playing game or as a setting for a fantastical land, or as literature, or even as art. It was conceived as another way to understand the universe we live in. This conception, although not completely bound by rationality and experimentation, seems real to its creator. The purpose of this conception is to awaken our inner universe and to open people's hearts to the beauty of their own ideals and concepts of reality. (laughs) Some people base their ideas on science, others on religion, and others on emotion, yet all of these paths are equally valuable. All ideas and all perspectives should be valued for diversity as part of the universe's true reality. The eradication of an idea is, after all, the extinction of a point of view. Eorus Essence is one of the many theories of our existence. It is a vision of essence shared by its creator and expressed through you as you experience it. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay, sure, why not? I feel like that was also the show notes for Lost. (laughs) And finally, there is a disclaimer in this book. Oh, okay, well, let's hear it. Although I, the author, would like to present the universe of Eorus in a way that would actually allow you to consider its theoretical form as real, we must, of course, bind ourselves to reason. All metaphysical thoughts or visions are and must remain a matter of faith and always a question of personal choice, at least given today's scientific knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, of course. The implication on your personal feelings, reasoning, and philosophy are for you to analyze. You choose what to believe. You choose what to do. You choose how to play. You choose how to live. The responsibility for your actions remains yours. I assume no responsibility for any type of reasoning or action you may derive from the contents of Yoris. The book is a vision of life, and, though a serious one, It remains but one a possibility among many. I believe that progress in any matter can only occur by taking into account all possibilities. I hope that Eorus Essence will expand your vision, and that delving in it will allow you to have a deep experience that generates new perspectives. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, at least that means he can't possibly get mad at us for what we're doing with the book. I need you to know that everything in the book that I read is that. (laughs) Reading... The Eorus Essence setting information felt like it was trying to indoctrinate me into a cult. Yeah. I mean, I know how you feel. You know how long it took me to realize that Xylan meant people? Because <laughs> Xylan is the third type of thing you can play, and it's just folk. If you want to play a guy, like if you're a human, you're a Xylan. But it's also like, because you play a whole fucking universe, it's any other. It's just anything that's not a Zill or, or Sill or a Calais is a Xylan. It took me forever to realize that. Technically... 
anything that isn't a Xylan is a Shavat. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Shavat's a religious thing. I remember that much. Uh, it's not religious. It's just the things that aren't Xylan. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay. And we'll get into that next time. Next time on System Mastery. Well, System Mastery. Eorus yeah. Essence, which, ooh, man. I cannot wait to expand your horizons and make your mind experience a new reality. I'm sorry we're making this into a two-parter, everyone, but Jesus, I'm not even done. I could keep talking about just the shit that's on this this two-page character sheet for another half an hour easy. There's so much. And in fact, if you want another half hour of that, We've got bonus content. We sure do. You want to hear all about this character I made just so I could vaguely understand about one-tenth of one-third of this book? Uh, by all means, just go on down to System Mastery, uh, sorry, patreon.com slash System Mastery and support us at the simple level of a single dollar per episode of System Mastery, and you will unlock our bonus content in which we make characters and describe them. Because this is a double header, we're going to be working entirely through my character, and then we'll do John's next week. And he finally understands how to make them at all. <laughs> Once I know anything about the mechanics of this game. Uh, yeah, you won't. You never will. No, it'll never be You there. can't do it. It's simply one metaphysical point of view. Oh, indeed. Mm-hmm. And we must consider all points of view as equally valuable. Except for female ones. <laughs> Except for Nazis. Fuck them. Yeah. I mean, don't, this game's super egalitarian, John. Just keep, the, keep this in mind. Uh, a Sill has to live or get their energy points back by sucking them out of a Xylan. Uh, they, when a, they can go up to Xylan and by putting their hands on them, uh, communicate with or, or pull energy out of that Xylan. Uh, females have more energy. Oh, obviously. Even female plants. Well, of course. Yeah. Because they're, they're the mothers. They're the life givers. Yeah. That's why we have to be so nice to them and why they should definitely fuck us. <laughs> uh, I hate this. The end. Thank you for listening. Find us at, at uh, SystemMasteryPodcast.com or as SystemMastery on Gmail, Reddit, Twitter, all those fun places. And go support us on the Patreon if you want to hear more. Uh, I there's nothing else to say at the end of this one. We'll do all the wrap up uh, favorites and least favorites and shit like that next week on system or two weeks from now on system mastery.